Hey everyone, welcome back to Midnight Moving Professionals. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm your host, Hans. Oh, hey Hans, how's it going? Not too great. Oh, why is that, Hans? You my friend Paul Rubens just passed away. Oh, he was your friend? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. I'm sorry, buddy. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Probably gonna watch Peewee's Big Adventure again. Oh. Peewee's Big Adventure. I remember that movie. I remember watching it years ago when I was a kid. Having a blast with it. This film, I think, came out in 1985. Wasn't that right, uh, Hans? Yeah, I can't live back then. Peewee's back then. I bet it was, buddy. Alright, let's see how long it's been since that movie came out. And due to uh, Paul Rubin's sudden passing of cancer, which he kind of kept to himself, which is kind of heartbreaking, if I'm truly honest, is when he came out. Yeah, it did come out in 1985. Okay. I was right. I think that it came out in 1985. It was the debut of Tim Burton, directing wise. And it starred Paul Rubin's as Wee Herman. May he rest in peace. It also had. Um, who else was in it? Diane Salinger, Egypt Daly, who I believe is Elizabeth Daly. Yeah, Elizabeth Daly. I haven't heard from her in a long time. I she did some stuff back in the day in the 80s. Oh, God. I swear she did not like the Scarface soundtrack, I thought. Maybe not. I'm trying to think. Maybe she did. I'm going to take a look at that now. I think she did use that one. Yeah, she did. She did a couple tracks on there. Let me find it. Like, um... Let's track this one. She did... Shake It Up and I'm Hot Tonight. Yeah, those are... Okay. Never mind then. But I'm sorry that I'm getting a little bit off topic. But she plays, I believe, Dottie, I think? Yeah, she plays Dottie. Um, Mark Holton plays Francis Buxton. Diane Salinger plays Simone. Judd Oman plays Mikey Morelli. Well, Mickey Morelli. Uh, who else is in it? Phil Hartman was a reporter in it at one point. And honestly, this film, to be honest, is just quite crazy, to be honest. It's a heavily, like, literally, Pee Wee Herman has an exce- a heavily accessorized bicycle that he treasures. More than anything in the world. And his uh, neighbor and enemy, Francis Buxton, kind of covets it. And one day, while well, I guess he was doing his normal thing, he finds himself doing his normal stuff, checking his horoscope, getting his routine kind of done. His horoscope does, I do believe, predict what is entailing in this film, because it does say, don't leave the house today. Wasn't that right, Hans? Yeah, just don't leave the house. Are you trying to sound like Mickey Mouse? I don't know. You're creative, anyways, huh? You're creative, anyways, Scott. You're my, you're my partner. You're my partner. I'm your podcast partner. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to get mad, buddy. Don't want you to get mad at me. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. We'll figure it out soon with the boys. Oh, yeah, we will. Am I talking to myself or am I talking to him? You know what I mean, Scott? We talking about. Alright, well, anyways, that's beyond the fact. His bike that he, like, like, uh, Francis Buxton, like, uh, Francis Buxton, and he finds himself 
going on a just a routine sort of thing, going around the town, being a goofball, being another goofball, just kind of doing whatever. He finds himself headed over to his friend Mario's match shop, buying a few things like some trick gum, some headlight glasses. And a boomerang bow tie that came in red, which I don't think he's even using in this film. But anyway, it's not a big deal. He buys a few gags that he can use, just tricks on people, which works for him, I guess, in his uh, day-to-day, which is fine. Not a big deal with that. Anyways, he decides to do that while he's doing his errands. Then after uh, does that, visits uh, Chuck Spike-O-Rama to get his horn figured out for his bike that he's Covet, like he just absolutely adores all that is holy, and um, more or less as it had, as he chained it up before, he thinks, Oh, it'll, it'll be fine, it'll be safe. And we find out after he comes back from Chuck's after talking with Dottie, who wants to take him to the drive, who wants him to go, wants Pee Wee to go with her to the drive in to go see a movie, which I can understand. They want it, he wants, he wants to have her go see a movie with him or whatever, like, he wants him to take a movie, take him, take, him to the, take her to the movies, which I get, they're kind of like, whatever about it, and, uh, as he comes back to find the bike, it's gone, it's stolen, he's heartbroken, he's distraught, he panics, he freaks out, he tries to talk to Dottie and everyone that can help him find it, he decides to go through the legal channels, try searching through, like, the normal way, decides to try to use, a, like, a reward system to try and find it, and he does so many things in such a quick little bit of time. He thinks that Francis stole it, which we'll find out does actually kind of happen later on. Sorry, spoilers, I should have mentioned that. It's a movie that came out almost 40 years ago, so I have a reason to kind of like say whatever on the spoilers, you know? But anyways, this movie, like, again, this is a movie I liked back in the day as a kid. I still just don't know why, but anyways, it's still a funny movie. I think so, anyways, in the long run. Um... What else do I know about that and I enjoyed about it? Honestly, the fact that he just, he goes through so much pain and misery just to find his bike. It's just, it's kind of funny and a little saddening too, because it's like, man, this guy really loves his bike more than anything in the world. It's kind of heartbreaking. But anyways, as he goes through this whole situation where he finds himself in it and he just needs to get his bike back, he also runs into people that he may not have met before. And allows himself to go on this giant adventure where he thinks, okay, I'll find, his, I'll find my bike this way. He decides to come, like, uh, visit a, a psychic slash fortune teller who could probably help, who steals his wallet, sadly. Poor Pee-wee. But we don't, like, he doesn't realize that until it's too late. We'll get to that. So he decides to, when the fortune teller, after he's trying to get everyone to help him find it, like, after spending three hours in his basement trying to figure out what is going on. He starts talking to Adam Ruby about this. Talks to the psychic. She tells him that it's at the Alamo in the basement of all places. It's in the basement. Ah, oh, jeez. This is going to become a bit of a plot piece later. So he decides to like, hitchhike to Texas to try and find a way to get to his bike. He runs into an escaped convict named Mickey Morelli, who has a bit of a bad temper, who... Went to jail for the most pettiest of reasons. He decided to cut off the "do not remove" sign under the mat, like under a mattress, in a, I guess a department store or something like that. He cuts it off with a knife, and um, he escaped jail. He's armed and dangerous. 
But Pee Wee is naive and he realizes that's, that's fine. That's his decision to be naive and not notice. He does this, he decides to go on this journey with him. Mickey also kind of helps him get through the area. Mickey and Pee Wee disguise themselves to get through a checkpoint. And, um, when they head, uh, like, when they head through, they go through Rough Canyon, they crash. They survive, though, mind you, but, uh, Mickey says, I can't deal with this, man. You gotta get out of here, man. Because I don't want you to get caught up in this. I don't want you to get dragged into this whole situation, because you might go to jail as well. He tries to say, you know what, I don't want you to be dragged into this. I'm a bad man. Um, more or less, he basically stranded in the middle of nowhere. He finds himself using his headlight glasses to find himself in a bit of a weird part of a state park, I think. Then he finds himself hitchhiking. Then Pee Wee finds himself hitchhiking again. This time around, when he's hitchhiking, he finds himself uh, riding with someone in a semi truck. And they talk about this accident that they found themselves in many years ago, maybe 10 plus years ago. And uh, they say it was the worst accident I ever seen. So the person that picked him up uh, sends him on his way, but tells him to be sure to tell him, large march, set ya. And she cackles as she drives off. As soon as he goes into the diner, he finds out that large Marge was actually dead and he wrote with her ghost somehow, which is just what the hell, mad spooking. What the F, man. Anyways, he meets Simone, who works at the diner that he uh, found himself at. And as he is going through the motions, finds himself without his wallet, he finds out, hey, I can just work off the milkshake and the sandwich that I had, which he does. But they also hang out for a little bit, watch the sunrise come up while... Simone thinks, like, um, well, Simone's boyfriend, Andy, thinks, um, he's, she's cheating on him with Pee-wee, which is not the case at all. They just literally sit and watch the sunrise in the, the amusement, like, the dinosaur amusement, I can't remember what it's called exactly, the monuments in California. It'll come to me probably, you know what, hang on a second, it'll come to me right now. As I look right now, hang on, I should have it right here. It actually happens to be the, what's it called? The roadside dinosaur statue set up. I think it's called um, the Cabazon, Cabazon, Claudel's, also known as Claudel's Dinosaurs, which was like some steel and concrete dinosaurs named Danny and Mr. Rex. They're still around to this day, I believe. They're still. You know, kicking, which is good. But there's they're trying to do more, I guess. But um, it's just basically a museum, more or less. But that's fine. I know that um, situation is kind of interesting that way, just to say the least, due to the fact that one, they're talking about this, that, and the other thing. How they have these dreams where they want to pursue what they actually want to pursue, like. Someone wants to move to Paris and live her dream out that way because, but Andy won't let her because he taught French in high school because he wasn't really that great at it and he thinks there's anything about French. But I don't believe it's actually true for it all. Like, 
I have not been to France myself, but I do believe that French people are not going to be hoarding for you. So, so learn the language properly. So we got to tell you if it was the case, but again, what do I know? All I do know is that he decides to do that. And um, he also takes one of the dinosaur bones at the attraction and wants to whack Pee Wee with it because he sees him coming out of the attraction and overheard them saying, like, talking about certain things, making comedy about the sex. And it's not the case at all. There's a really spot in here. I don't really talk about that scene. No, what's wrong, Hans? I don't really like that scene that much. It's a little off. A little awkward. I'm sorry, Hans. You didn't like that scene? No, not really. Doesn't mean the movie's not funny, though. That is true. This movie is pretty funny sometimes. But after the whole giant chase that goes on, uh, Pee-Wee finds himself hopping onto a train. I guess Simone and Annie have a big fight after that situation that we don't see. But we do see Pee-Wee meeting a guy named Jack that uh, is hanging out with him on the train. And then he jumps off, I guess, in San Antonio where he finally finds the Alamo, which he's happy to do because he's like, yes, I'm finally near my bike. I'm so close. I can, I can feel it, you know? He decides to do so. He finds himself going through a tour of the Alamo, which is great and all for him, but he finds out that there's not actually a basement at the Alamo, which is kind of the reason why he showed up at the Alamo to begin with. But now he's kind of a little heartbroken about the whole ordeal, but you know what? I would be too. But, um, anyway, as I get through this, um, Huey finds himself heading back to the bus loop, bus station, and trying to get a doggy to help him after he phones her. And he apologizes to her over the phone. It says, hey, can you help me get a bus ticket back to California? I'll pay you back all this and everything. But then uh, Andy finds himself uh, missing the bus that Simone was on to head to, Par- head to, I'm guessing, New York or something like that. She's on her way to New York to fly to Paris so she can finally head off there and do what she wanted to do, live her dream out in Paris. Which I'm happy for her. I know Hans felt the same way, I bet. Isn't that right, buddy? That part, a little sounding for a long time, but hey, I liked it anyway. At least you liked it, eh, Hans? Oh, yeah. Anyways, as uh, Andy chases uh, poor Pee Wee into a fairground, Pee Wee disguises himself as some like, ro- like pro bull rider, cowboy sort of thing, which absolutely just. 100% top-notch hilarity. But, at the same time, I found it so funny, to say the least, that it just this happens in a movie like this, where he disguises himself as this, actually gets himself riding a bull for a little bit before he gets himself knocked out, and he gets chased by the bull as he sees uh, Pee-wee actually there in the bull-riding area, and actually on the horse, on the bull itself, and then he gets chased off. I don't know where he lands at all. I don't really care. He was just a small little plot point. But, as I mentioned, the, ba- the Alamo had no basement. Dun, dun, dun. 
But anyways, that's a piece in the movie that kind of sucked a little bit. Just the fact that Huey gets disappointed that way. He gets laughed out of the Alamo. But after all that, he finds himself um, heading over to some random biker bar to try and contact Dottie again. He finds himself in the midst of the Satan's Helpers motorcycle club, and man, oh man, he's kind of scary. Yeah, some scary, scary dudes, if you ask me. I think they're trying to be like, I think they're trying to make it off of uh, making a bit of a joke on the Hell's Angels, maybe, but either way, it's still frightening, nevertheless. So Pee gets thrown out, barely even hits the bike, they all fall in a domino pattern, and they all, and the bikers just like want to kill him. They want to stop him, hang him, tattoo him, kill him, or whatever. One of the, I guess, the old ladies decides to, I guess, say, let me have him first. But he says, don't I get a last request? He decides to dance to tequila by the champs, which, oh, my God, is pure hilarity in this part of the movie. And it's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie overall because at least he gets the respect of these guys. And he's able to say, you know what? I did something that will help me get back on my journey again. But... When they get him a motorcycle, he doesn't even know how to ride the damn thing. He literally crashes into this into a sign from their little bar that they had. And it's like, ah, oh, gee, come on now, man. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's still kind of funny just to see him crash into this and then have a... He kind of come with us. Well, this is where the movie kind of gets a little dark for me, where he finds, like, where uh, there's a bit of a dream sequence with poor Pee-wee dreaming that his bike's somewhere all mangled up and being um, taken away by clouds to get worked on. And then, I guess, some sort of, like, devil thing happens, which is a really weird, scary piece of movie for me, anyway. Not really scary, but as a kid, it kind of frightened me a little bit. A lot more than the large mark uh, claymation scene, if you ask me. That scene, I know it scared a few folks, but you know what? I'll say this. That scene wasn't as scary to me as the whole bike in the hospital surgery scene, honestly, because the transition is just so frightening for me. It still is. I'm not scared of clouds, but just that whole scene in general just kind of made me uncomfortable. It still does. Not horribly. You didn't like that scene, Scott? Yeah, I didn't like that scene very much, Hans. I'm sorry if you liked it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's fine. You're allowed to have an opinion like I do. Really? Well, yeah. You're allowed to have an opinion. Well, I'm glad you think so, Hans. I'm glad you're watching these movies with me, too. I'm cool. I'm watching them, too. But please don't make me watch the new movie you want to go see next mo- next week. What do you mean? Well, I just don't really want to go see Gran Turismo. Oh? You don't want to go see it? Oh, okay, buddy. You don't want to go see it? I won't ask you to go see it. Oh, thank you, Scott. I'll see you It's funny if you bought me a ticket. Well, I bought myself a ticket, and you're just the plus one anyways in this situation. What are you in? You're a hedgehog. How am I supposed to buy a hedgehog a ticket? Right! <laughs> uh, you're still silly, and I love you, buddy. I love you, too, Scott. Aw. Come here. Mm-hmm. Anyways, after that scene happens, after that whole charade of sorts happens, we do see um, a piece where it seems to be that the bike is now at the Warner Brothers 
through the back lot being used for a film sequence and a TV show, a TV show sequence. And the kid that's getting it seems to like make it sound like that's going to be his bike completely because someone sold it to them, I guess. And Pee Wee seeing that, it literally freaks out, leaves the hospital and heads over to the Warner Brothers back lot and finds himself trying to talk to some people to find out where he's at, where the child star is and all that. He, tries to he disguises himself as a nun for a part of the scene to go get the bike itself. Security gets on his tail, which, oh my goodness, this movie gets some really ridiculous stuff going on. He literally goes through so many weird, crazy scenes. Like, he goes through a, a Godzilla sequence, a, a, a beach scene, a Christmas scene, and even, like, a part of a Twisted Sister video, which, if I'm honest, is probably one of my favorite moments in this whole movie, if I'm honest. It's one of my favorites. It still is. Due to the fact that I did actually, when I was younger, like Twisted Sister, I didn't like I didn't know a whole lot of their songs, but I liked some of their songs. Like we're not gonna take it, and I want to I want to rock. You know, those are some still those are some still good solid staples for me to listen to, and other stuff like that. But at least you see the band actually hanging out and having a fun time with it, and just enjoying themselves. You know, which made it fun. You get that right, Hans? Yeah, I enjoyed that piece. You did. Good to know. Good to know. Language, Hans. Sorry. Anyways, after that whole fiasco happens, he finds himself going through yet another sequence that literally has him replicating a bunch of crazy jumps. Like he tries to jump like Tarzan through a jungle. And I guess it's because of the backlot studio sets that they had at the time. And he also jumps over a house as well. Some kids on the bike see him doing that. They think that's freaking awesome of him. And he basically evades the Warner Brothers security, but still, he finds himself doing one more thing to kind of say, like, as a good Samaritan in a sense, which is save some animals from a fire in a pet store. I don't know where the pet store owners were, or the employees, but they must have taken off because they just left the poor little critters to die. He does what he can to save some fish, save a bunch of the he helps have a monkey, some cats, some chickens, some ducks, a lot of dogs. He even, like, at the end decides to try to save some snakes before he passes out and finds out there's some more fish inside when the fire department shows up. So you can tell him that. So the fire department folks say he's a hero, but I guess some security from Warner Brothers finally hit. Okay, he's under arrest. He goes back to the studio and uh, talks about the whole situation at hand. And says, like, hey, I, I can explain everything. I guess the executive in charge says, hey, we'll make this into a movie. Because it sounds like a really wild as heck movie, but we'll make it anyways. Your whole story is basically becoming a movie now, this whole journey. Which they do. He reunites with Dottie and his bike, officially. And he makes a deal to do the movie. And the last thing we see is that, like, everyone showing up at the drive-in see this movie happen and just pretty much enjoy themselves overall in this whole situation and scenario that's happened. Pretty much. You see everyone that he's throughout the whole journey. Like Mickey, uh, Jack, the train yard, the train uh, folk, the bikers that hung out with him for a little bit. Even uh, Simone shows up because somehow he gives her invites. 
and her uh, new partner at the time. But, oh my goodness, this movie's just ridiculous. But at least they have a bit of a fictionalized version of himself being overdubbed, which kind of sucks in the movie, but that's okay. That's, that's fine, you know? Like, I get it. It's meant to be overdubbed. It's a movie. It's whatever. At least he's in it. It's almost like a fourth wall break in a sense. It's kind of a meta thing. But it's just so funny. Like, I don't really hate it. I kind of thought it hilarious. I still do. I can give it a giggle. Anyways, as that happens, we see... Uh, what else happens in this movie that I haven't talked about? Oh, yeah, the finale where we see Francis finally getting the justice he deserves by... After he sold off a bike, he gets himself launched off the bike. And he also, um... What else happens? He also, um... Finds himself being launched off. They, the um, Dottie and Pee Wee decide to, after he's done what he's needed to do, after talking to everyone, really, except for the matter of Ruby, who I don't think shows back up in the theater, which is fine. He says... Let's get out of here to Dottie. But, like, but she asks, don't you want to see the rest of the movie? He's like, I, I don't have to see the rest of the movie, Dottie. I lived it. And we just ride off, and the movie ends there. And Evan Morris, the movie was good. It was good. To rewatch it again, revisit the movie I haven't watched in a long time, I would say good. Mm, how long has it been? Maybe about 11? 10, 11 years, maybe more. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie, and it's worth the effort to re like, It was worth it to rewatch it. I definitely enjoyed it. Out of respect to Paul Rubens, I don't really want to give this movie a rating, but if I had to, I would give this movie a, a solid 8 out of 10. I was about to say 9, but uh, I don't think I could do that. I don't feel, I'm not, yeah, I'm not that generous, but I don't think I could easily do that and feel good about myself. But Paul Rubens is gone, sadly, due to his struggle with cancer. He never really told anyone about really. He got to kind of quiet, which is fine. Uh, he didn't want to be in the spotlight that much, I guess. That's fine. But you know what? He did what he did. He had an extensive career. He had some moments that didn't seem so great because he did have to retire Pee Wee Herman because of a few incidents I won't talk about. Hey, he got to some nasty things on Twitter. We won't talk about that. Well, what do you think about? Yeah, we won't talk about that. What do you think about Kiwi's Big Adventure? What would you give it out of 10? For me, I'd probably give it a face cut. Really? You'd give it an A? Yeah. I mean, it was good and all, but I just didn't find it as enjoyable. And I thought when I was younger. You watched it when you were younger, too? Yeah. Aw. Hey, your birthday's coming up pretty soon, Hans. What are you going to go do? I don't know. I'm going to see my family guys. Well, what are you going to go do when you go visit your family? Uh, I don't know, Scott. I'll just do whatever I can. Alright, then. I mean, when is your birthday anyway? I know your birthday's soon. This is when again. I can't remember right now. Oh, yeah, your birthday is over on the weekend. Oh, on the Sunday. Nice. Well, hopefully, if I remember to Hines, we can try and do something special for your birthday. Right, buddy? Oh, yeah, dude. That's good. That's okay. You sure? Are you really sure, Hines? 
Arthur, you don't lie for me already. You got me to go see movies for the first time in a long time. I'm able to see him there again. Thank you. Aww, I'm, I'm so, I'm, that's so sweet of you, Han, to think that. You know what? You've seen every movie ever, apparently, so. I'm happy you have. Uh, you sure you don't want anything? Yeah, sure, sure. Alright. Well, maybe, uh, next movie review that we do together, which might be Grand Prix. Oh, please stop, Alex. Okay, okay. Do you still want to go see it with me? Yeah, sure. Alright, if you insist, I'll bring you, I'll bring you with me. I mean, you have seen every movie ever, so I might as well bring you the movie that I go see. Well, yeah, you gotta have to. Alright. Um, what else do I gotta say about this? Movie I haven't said yet. This movie was good. It was, bit, it's almost forty years old, and it still feels fresh, even if it is horribly dated. There are some pieces in the movie that I don't think would fly in today's day and age, which is fine. I don't really want to get into details like that, but that's whatever, you know. I can't say for certain that the movie had its moments. And they will definitely uh, still hold up, I think, to this day. But um, until next time, folks, this is, this is Scott. I know, I'm still ready. Yes, and Hans, too. Saying adieu, abu design, gesundheit, farewell, and transmission. Free guys.